Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Bryn Lucas and you're listening to the Autosport Podcast. The 2024 Formula One season has finally got underway out in Bahrain with pre-season testing and with 24 races this season. The three-day test has more and more importance for the teams as they try to understand exactly what it is that they've developed. It's also a good opportunity for us to see what the teams have been hiding. (coughs) McLaren and Red Bull. Well, here's the times from day one. Well, unsurprisingly, it was Max Verstappen that led the way with a 131.344. That is around a second and a half quicker than he was at this time last year in pre-season testing, which is pretty ominous. The best of the rest is led by McLaren and Lando Norris. He's just over a second back from Max's time. Then the first Ferrari, Carlos Sainz in third. Daniel Ricciardo, how about this, making it fourth quickest in the V-Carb RB? Pierre Gasly in the Alpine, then it's Lance Stroll in the Aston Martin, leading ahead of Fernando Alonso two places back, sandwiching Charles Leclerc in the second of the Ferraris. Then it's Oscar Piastri in the McLaren, Joe Guan Yu in the Sauber, Sargent in the Williams, and George Russell, the first of the Mercedes. Well, that's also because Lewis Hamilton didn't get out on track today. Yuki Tsunoda was the next one up with a V-carb in 13th place. He's around almost 2.8 seconds off Max's time. And then below them, it's Bottas, Albon, Ocon, and the two Haas cars. I won't tell you the order. It's kind of irrelevant. I mentioned that we haven't seen Lewis Hamilton yet, but we haven't seen Perez either. Hopefully, they'll both be out tomorrow. Well, I'm Bryn Lucas, and joining me today to discuss everything from testing in Bahrain, I'm delighted to have Matt Q out there in Bahrain, and here on UK soil, it's Sam Hall. Welcome to you both. Matt, as you're over there in Bahrain, give us a sense of what it's like, what the, the atmosphere is like, right where you are right now. Uh, it's sort of the expected and the unexpected. So the unexpected is we're in the middle of the desert, and it's pretty, it's pretty chilly feels ever so slightly low energy and that's probably not been helped as the later the day goes on the later you speak to people the more more laps Max Verstappen's done in that in that ominous looking Red Bull but it, it yeah it just doesn't it, it doesn't feel sort of I don't know overly energetic that that might just be me so far I mean I, I know we've had a bit of Mercedes front wing a bit of a first look at the Red Bull but no like 
dual axis steering to get people talking. You know, there's been no sort of, you know, major rumours about Christian Horner coming on. So it's all just felt a bit, a bit, a bit low key almost. Do you know what I really liked about the start of that sentence there, Matt, was you went straight to the weather. <laughs> It's reassuring to know, you know, every British man loves to talk about the weather. Sam, you're in the UK. I mean, what's the atmosphere like in your room right now? Um, well, it's, it's quite warm because the tumble dryer's just been on. So it might be as warm here as is as, as in the desert. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's been, um, it, really, it's just been a day of testing. It's sort of, if you imagine a bog standard day of testing, that's what it's been. So the only thing that's been lacking from that really is red flags, um, which given how reliable these cars are we've come to not really expect anyway so um it's business as normal i think the only red flag that we had was just a week or so ago when red bull revealed their rb20 and it shocked quite a lot of people up and down the paddock didn't it what are your thoughts then matt you've seen it in the flesh now so to speak what are your thoughts on it it seems to be performing quite well yeah the the really ominous thing is that you know Red Bull are really happy with how today's gone. They said at their Silverstone shakedown or filming day that everything ran as expected and, and today is more of the same, that you know they've had no major dramas, they've been pounding around the laps. Yes, we don't know about fuel loads and engine modes, but Verstappen's 1 minute 31.343, right? Uh, uh, sort of fastest time of the day. Okay, it's not as fast as the final day of testing last year, but, you know, it's... Um, uh, what a second quicker than the, the fastest time of day one last year and this is Red Bull with nothing to prove that will not be a glory run we saw Verstappen you know stitch together another couple of purple sectors late on before before backing off but um it's refreshing that they've you know done something different isn't it as everyone has converged around the RB19 which to all intents and purposes could have been could have been sort of unboxed and wheeled out again and, and done a sound job this season they've they've been you know they've really pushed the envelope with it so that they maintain that advantage and I, th I think that's almost their motivation isn't it not just to win but to dominate like they have uh, last season they want to maintain that advantage with the way the rules are set for this year and the year after obviously lots of prying eyes you know I, I want a proper penny for Mercedes thoughts when they've seen that basically they had a car that was too low in the first year of ground effects reg ground effect regulations too high last year now, when they could have gone for the Goldilocks sweet spot, they've, they've changed concept completely towards Red Bull. And Red Bull have gone, actually, no, what you did, you're onto something. And here's, here's something quite similar. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see something different, a different interpretation. But um, they, it just feels like they're already in, in a different postcode, sort of thinking, thinking well, a, well ahead. I remember we were talking about it, I think, last week when the launch happened or just after the launch. And, and it was... We chatted about the design. It was almost like Adrian Newey has said to the Mercedes, I tell you what, you design this car, I'll show you how it should be done. And he's just he's developed this incredible car using a similar concept to Mercedes. Sam, what were your thoughts when you first saw it then? I, I couldn't look past the sort of Grace Jones shoulder pads, really. So it's, um, it, it's, it's almost like something straight out of the 80s, sort of those big ducts down the side. Um... I, I absolutely love it, and I, I love that they've tried something different, because as Matt rightly said, they could have literally just wheeled out the RB19 and gone, well, there we are, we're, we're going to win again. Um, but the pace of that car as well, that they're a second clear of anyone on day one. It Matt used the word, perfect word earlier in this already, ominous. Um, if you're any other team, what do you, how do you react to that? Because, yes, it might have been 
somewhat lower fuel than other people were running, but it was on the same tyres, and it isn't as though anyone was really sort of wildly different sort of just by looking at the behaviour of the cars. So I, I think Red Bull really on something here, and it is just trolling Mercedes. Mercedes. What do you do if you're Mercedes now? How do you view this? Do you go, why didn't we pursue further? Why did we give up on it? Why did we give in to sort of the, the peer pressure, if you, if you will, that sort of that they were getting? It's If this car wins on a similar scale to what it did last year, Mercedes will be scratching their heads and going, why can they do it, but we can't? Yeah, and on that, Matt, you're out there. You get to see these cars. I mean, what have you noticed, not just on the Red Bull and the Mercedes, but any other cars out there, maybe some weak spots that you've noticed or even some cars that you think, hey, they're onto something. They could be looking quite good. I will, I will actually start with the Red Bull. First of all, that side pod packaging is just, just crazy. The tiny, tiny sort of little inlets and under that, what we're now calling like an overbite surface and the slats um, sort of vertically along the along the monocoque where the a side pod should be that is just you know it's it's really pushing the envelope and the fact that everyone has converged on one design and red bull have been so far ahead to go actually no we're towards a performance ceiling here no place for complacency let's do something else you know what everyone almost needed and this is no favoritism one way or the other but what f1 almost needed was like them to have massive overheating problems on lap four and then you've got a narrative but no they've just pounded around uh max verstappen I still think, you know, it implies he's on in heavy fuel, but a bit more understeer than he's probably, you know, usually usually happy with. So whether that's the car still needs to be dialed in or, or heavy fuel runs to make that pace look even, you know, disguise that pace even more. Um, other other observations is sort of a lot of a lot of body language. So Toto Wolff in a press conference seemed a bit sort of low key, not too energetic. That might be because. The Bahrain nightlife here is extreme, which means you cannot get a good night's sleep without exhaust banging and bass pounding through the floor, or in my case, reception, wrongly dialing my room at quarter past four in the morning, but that's by the by. But I just thought, you know, we, we know we know that you can tell from the first morning of testing whether it's a good car or not, whether the drivers, you know, feel a vast improvement, whether basically the engineers can go out and spend their championship winning bonus for that season, you can tell that from, again, fuel modes, engine modes. You can take those out and equate that. And I just felt, you know, Wolf was asked about the the novel front wing design or or the driver's early impressions, and he was sort of given a, you know, a golden opportunity to go, oh, look at us pushing the envelope, and oh, isn't everyone so happy? And it might just be because we're a bit tired, but he didn't grasp that opportunity. He was just very, very low key. And if I was to read into that, I don't, you know, it's perhaps not the revelatory start they were wanting i suppose conversely it could just be that everything is sort of you know tempering the expectations after after thinking they'd start 22 well and thinking they'd start 2023 well and they're all going haywire so maybe this is just a bit of a a, a different kind of communication spin but i just wanted to as a as a f1 fan first and foremost i just wanted to feel a bit more enthusiasm from them to think oh maybe maybe there will be a proper fight behind Red Bull or to catch Red Bull if they have a down day. Some sort of poker playing almost, you know, so he could have been holding some cards and just, you know, being really upbeat and really, hey, you know what, we're not worried because we know what we can deliver. That kind of mentality, is that what you're hinting at, Matt, that you'd like to see from Toto? I hope so. I think that's a positive spin on it. Either that or he is a little bit, 
you know, dejected because he's had a he's had a swirl of basically being caught out in a driver market by Hamilton. You know, Hamilton effectively called Mercedes bluff on that one plus one deal, and he's gone and doesn't have a a, a, a replacement lined up. And the new contracts for Wolf and Allison weren't enough to keep him to stay. So you've got that that background, and then maybe as I said, the lack of energy as a whole coming into the new season. But you'd have thought if they're the you know, if Russell and Hamilton had come back on, oh, what a what a transformation, guys. The innate handling of this car is so much better. You would have thought you'd at least maybe see a smile from him, but it was a very sort of um, demure press conference performance from him. Just to stay with Mercedes for a moment, because they've got a bit of an unusual front wing that seems to be exploiting a couple of loopholes. Let's go to you, Sam, first of all. I know that Matt's out there and he's seen them up close and personal, but were you expecting to see something slightly different from their performance given what they've tried to do with that front wing? Um, I, th- I think it's a very clever gimmick that gets around the regulations. What this is is there's a very thin piece of carbon fibre that connects the uppermost flap of the wing to the nose cone. And that that makes it compliant it's a very weird weirdly shaped nose cone or front wing because of that um but i think everyone got distracted by this gimmick really and thought oh this might be like das it could be like their trick suspension that they had a few years ago and everyone sort of went oh maybe they'll be competitive because they've done this one thing but doesn't I know this is very very early days and you can never sort of the old cliche you can't read too much into pre-season testing let alone day one but when you're over well over 2.7 seconds off of who you view as your chief rival people are going to start reading into that um so maybe it's another gimmick that Mercedes have found and Red Bull can perfect for them later um that, that's one way to look at it but I, I don't know what to expect from Mercedes now because we've had several seasons since 2021. So we've had two seasons in a row that really Mercedes just haven't been at the races for one reason or another. So maybe it's just recency bias that we expect them to be a front running team or uh, we expect them to be able to take it to Red Bull. But every team goes through these runs. I mean, Ferrari haven't really done or they haven't made a championship challenge for god knows how many years now um and maybe this is mercedes phase of doing this it might be that they turn up the wick on thursday or friday and we go wow that's brilliant so everything we say here has to be taken with that pinch of salt really with that caveat um but um, I don't know what to expect from Mercedes anymore. And maybe this is just what they've got. They have the ideas, but they don't necessarily know how to perfect them. As much as it's ominous that, Matt, you were saying how how strong Red Bull are looking, it's ominous that maybe Mercedes aren't delivering at the moment. You're out there. It's very early days of testing. There's only two more days to go, but it's still very early days, isn't it? What have you gleaned from that front end, that wing? Have you noticed anything from seeing it, you know, out on track that you didn't notice before. Well, I've been I've been chasing that story quite hard today because um, it seems to have been a bit of a storm in a teacup. That's what I suggested to Mercedes, and they and they said there's no storm. It's more like teaspoons rattling because everyone's seen this sort of thin bit of carbon fibre connecting that top element and said it. You know, it's 
it's pushing the pushing the boundaries of legality. It's not really. There's a there's a line in the uh, rules that says basically the the second to last front wing element, the 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 edge of it has to be obscured by a bit of carbon fibre above it. Now most teams do a, a whole sort of full width front wing element. Mercedes have done a slender piece. That's fully allowed. That's fully compliant. You know, Mercedes have said it's not about this is not a double diffuser next big trick thing it, it slightly controls airflow better but it's not going to give you half a second of lap time oh that's d- disappointing matt that there, that there isn't any drama i mean come on i mean we love reality tv don't we so let's just move on to uh, something else that's been slightly hidden and that's mclaren during their launch their, the images that they revealed anyway it was fairly secretive about their floor now you've seen it, what can you tell us about the floor? Anything interesting and what about their day as well out there in Bahrain? <laughs> the flippant answer is it's a Formula 1 four floor on a Formula 1 car. I think it's a bit of typical F1 pre-season subterfuge, isn't it? Where, you know, so they, they teased uh, or the, the images they put out with their very low-key car at least. Uh, two, two sort of different views and two different floor specifications. Now that compares to uh, Red Bull sort of deliberately obscuring their side pod inlets or or basically covering up the whole of their floor with what looked like a basically a, a steel girder covering their floor edge. I think that's just McLaren's take on it, but it's not, when the covers come off, it's not been some kind of shock that everyone's rushing to do an analysis of. It's just been sort of almost a footnote to the day. I don't think there's anything too much to, to read into that. I suppose the bigger picture of McLaren, isn't it, is that is effectively... Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to get us in, in trouble with McLaren's lawyers, but like that's almost an RB19B, isn't it? That is last year's Red Bull concept developed and, and McLaren's concept developed again. That's sort of, yeah, the next step along. But as, as we said earlier in this video, Red Bull have decided that there is a definite performance ceiling to that, to that design, which is why they've gone another way. What about their performance, Sam? If you start on this one, the performance, because Lando Norris is the best of the rest, isn't he? Piastri a bit further back, but early days, it's it's, it's looking positive from the Woking lot. Yeah, it's, um again, it's where, starting where they left off. I mean, it was a bit, again, ominous with the Red Bull, where Lando went fastest, and then Verstappen came out of the pits and went, well, I'll go eight-tenths a second quicker than you again. Um but Lando, he was delayed coming out of the pits um, for the set, for the afternoon session. Um, bit of concern around the rear of his car, but when he did get out, he was just he put in seventy two laps, which that's pretty high up on the list actually for the afternoon running. I think that might be the highest for the afternoon running. Um, but that built on what Oscar Piastri had done in the morning, and really. The only difference between the two cars' performance was the track temperature and the conditions. Um, if you factor that in, they were pretty much level on what they were doing. Um, so, again, all the caveats, but McLaren, if they can continue this, and it's always an if, they, they look quite strong. Um, but there are other teams that, again, look as though they could could get into the mix here. It doesn't look... This convergence plan from F1 seems to be, at first glance, working again this season. Yeah, but, and what about Ferrari then? Because we looked down the list at Ferrari, they're third with Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc's a bit further back. He's around about seven-tenths off the pace, it seems, from what Carlos is doing. This is great for Carlos Sainz. It's a great advert for him for 2025, isn't it? But what have you gleaned from the Ferrari setup? 
Um, again, it's again that could largely be put down to conditions because Charles was actually second in the morning session as well. Um, so Carlos was third overall. Not too much between them again, factoring in conditions. But Carlos came out with this whacking great aero rake on the rear of his car that so heavy that it was making the whole rear wing shake. Um, it looked quite concerning for a bit when you were looking at the rear wing. Um, about exactly a tenth between him and Lando Norris. So, again, I, I wasn't a fan of that Ferrari livery either. Matt, Matt took us to liveries a minute ago earlier. But I, I wasn't a fan of that Ferrari livery. I'm not a fan of the stripes down the side. But the McLaren that Matt doesn't like, I'm quite a fan of that one. I, th I think that one works. We can agree on the Sauber being being the NAF one. We all, we all saw that and went, green, we love it. Oh, hang on. It's not very good, is it? Um, but, but yeah, no, going back to the point, Ferrari, they, they look strong. They've had a good day. I love that Ferrari. I think it's a beautiful looking thing. And I think that steak, salver, kick, whatever it's happened to be called, I think it's one of those that I used to, you, I think somebody said that it's like, it's one of those liveries that you build in one of those games, those cheap apps that you can build a car. And it just seems to be one of those. I'm saying that you don't have to agree. Uh, Matt, what about the rest of the teams? We finally saw Williams had a, a fuel pump issue. Not a great way to start their 2024 season. Yeah, a few, few messy things for them. So sort of, every time I looked up, Sergeant seemed to be having a lock up or going off. And then, yeah, I think it was a, a drive shaft issue at the end. Could tell they're running, but, um, in terms of unreliability, it's, it's sort of not not a massive drama, I don't think. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's obviously Haas really underwhelmingly said they're focusing on tyre performance, not aero. I mean, that was a massive failing of theirs last year, so you can understand why they're focused on that. But they'll be they'll be cut adrift. I think Sauber are generally sort of fairly content with where things are going. Um, Ferrari, Ferrari was an interesting one. I think you know, there's our, our well-connected Italian colleagues are saying the drivers are happy that there's there's less understeer, that the rear end's been tamed. But I think fundamentally there is that performance ceiling because Red Bull, McLaren, Mercedes—they've all converged on one rear suspension setup, and Ferrari aren't doing that. That is a massive, massive gamble. Well, the other teams, Sam. Let's have a look well outside the top four. Who's stood out for you or not? as the case may be any anything interesting that you've noticed um the the team that i was trying to keep an eye on earlier was actually alpine um because you look at the timing sheets and they didn't do anything that was overly spectacular you had esteban ocon 16th and i'm just scrolling around now and trying to find where pierre gasly was but he was fifth actually so he did pretty well um but ocon for the most of the time they were running the c1 tire the hardest tire and ocon actually set his fastest time on that compound so i think that they might have some pace that they're sort of hiding they're very very slowly and methodically working up on this um i'm not saying that they're suddenly going to be challenging like aston martin were last season they're not going to do that but i i think they've unlocked something and they're trying to make sense of it before going on an outright power run and going here it is this is what we've got so alpine would be my team to watch from today i think what about you matt who stood out for you anyone in particular other than the ones you've mentioned <laughs> no i'm trying to think aston, aston looked like i had a smooth start today alpine it's funny you sort of you say that because i you know we were speaking to a couple of people from the team and who are 
even they're sort of a bit unconvinced by their own their own turnout a little bit. I mean that more sort of, you know, delivery looks bad on TV in terms of marketing point of view and the fact that it is all black. We know that they're sort of locked in with the with the engine. They can improve reliability but not performance too much. Um, and I think I think they've you know they've said that it, because it's such a big departure from last year's car, which was terrible. They're they're expecting a slow start. We've got RB. We haven't mentioned RB. Go on then, Sam. Mention RB and Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel Ricciardo in the Red Bull second car. No, the RB. The um, it's entirely its own car. Um, in fourth the v place. The V-Carbo one. The V-Carbo yeah, that, one. one. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo in the V-Carbo one in fourth place. Um. He seemed to be, every time he was out there, he seemed to want to give it more and more. And I don't know whether there was someone in his ear saying, just just hold back a bit. We don't want don't want any protests or we don't want any, any trouble because, as Matt says, we've got this interview with Zach Brown who is extremely wary of the relationship and the closeness of it between Red Bull and, and RB. Um, so... He Danny Ricardo just seemed to be loving life every time he was out there. Um, and could could they be the team that makes the biggest jump this year? I think there'd be a lot of people that would quite happily put money on RB being the team to climb the most places. Um, hardly difficult when you finish where you did last season. Um, but they, especially in the hands of Ricardo, the RB was impressive i felt today well finally for both of you it is day one of testing just how much do you really learn i think the only conclusion we can draw from today is that max verstappen and red bull are going to be extremely difficult to beat and i mean who would have thought that the car that wins almost every race in one season is very good the next season um so yeah that's i think that's all we can conclusively say from today the order will doubtlessly become clearer on day three with everyone going for their performance runs. But for now, it's very, very difficult to read anything into the times other than right at the top and that margin. Well, there you go. We've got through day one. What have we learned? Not so sure. What we do know is the teams are going to be scratching their heads and looking at all the data into the night to try and get their heads around it before they head out again for day two and we'll be across all that for you so make sure you like and subscribe and we'll bring you all the coverage of 2024 as you'd expect from me Bryn from Matt and from Sam we'll see you next time thanks for watching Sports Social Podcast Network With lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere Dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.